I'm a bit fearless in that sense, whereas I don't really care what people think of me because I, I've been through all of that. And, you know, you get to, I'm 33 now and, I like, I look like a mess today. My hair's everywhere and da-da-da-da-da. But, like, I kind of like that I'm like this. It's, I've just kind of come to a resolve with myself. I'm like, this is who I am and there's more to me than the way I look and how I dress. Like, I've got a cool, creative brain and that's really empowering mm. and 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 uh, as long as i can make creative stuff and feel inspired then that's b- my highest value hello and welcome to shameless the pop culture podcast for smart women who love dumb stuff Today on the show, we are joined by the powerhouse that is Tanya Hennessy. Tanya is a comedian, a national radio announcer, and a best-selling author who, thanks to her hilarious, snappy videos on Facebook, accumulated a following of more than a million. We sat down with Tanya on our recent trip to Sydney to talk about the illusion of overnight success, her battle with mental illness, and what she loves most about the career she created for herself. Here's Tanya. Tanya Hennessy, welcome to Shameless. We are so excited to have you. I'm excited to be here. If there's one thing I don't have, it's shame. So I'm here for, <laughs> for this podcast. We don't have that much shame either. You! Um, oh, Tanya, we... High energy, sorry, I'll bring it down. <laughs> I was like, so keep it no, I've had so many Red Bulls today. See, the funny part is I'm usually banned from drinking coffee before a podcast record because I talk too fast. She's when had two. Banned, I've had like three shots already, so yeah. this will be wild. I don't like think we've ever... Or shots of coffee? No, no, shots of coffee. Oh, Although, alcohol, you like, don't want to say that. <laughs> Saying it, you don't want to see it. But I don't think we've ever started a in conversation episode with uh, Yahoo, so it'll be yeah, good. Yeah, I, <laughs> I came in hot. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing? <laughs> You're a little bit delirious because you did run. Uh, would we Walk, call it a marathon? Girl, I walked. You walked, but we'll call it a run. A half marathon or a fun run? Where where would it girl, sit? I say it's a fun run. There ain't nothing fun about 14 k's. <laughs> like I was sweating in places I didn't know I had sweat. <laughs> Poor boobs, you know. Uh, yeah, it's a city to surf yesterday. I did no training. I didn't warm up really. I did like I didn't walk before the event. You carb loaded. Cold carb loading counts. That was not related <laughs> to the exercise. Uh, and like came out pretty well. Like I'm a bit sore today, but I sort of was like this great lesson of like maybe it's not a great. Yeah, lesson. it's a great lesson of just don't prep. Wing, <laughs> wing it, winging it. We had yeah. Emma Isaacs on last week, so oh, she cool. wrote winging it. So we mm-hmm. can just continue that theme on today. I was going to say don't prep for anything. Tanya, we start every episode in the same way, and that is to ask: Are you watching, reading, or listening to anything at the moment that you would recommend to other women? Ooh, I'm watching Nashville, which is so... Oh, have you ever seen it? It's no. so tacky. It's so good. <laughs> so it's about country music scene. Okay. And I love country music. And I'm watching it with my boyfriend and we can't watch anything together. And we're both like frothing Nashville. Anyway, Do you really- love Deacon? No. Oh, my God. Oh. This feels very Nashville niche. Okay, sorry. It's super niche. No, have no, you gone onto Spotify it. and found all the Nashville playlists to listen to? Believe it or not, I actually don't like the songs. Are you <gasps> kidding? But yeah, no, I, I think it's like it's good... You're just sort of trash to watch. Is it tra- oh, look, I'm it's watch. pretty trashy. But I love it. I love it. It's pretty amazing, though, when you do find something that you and your boyfriend can watch together. Girl, we watch it. Like, and he's seven years younger than me, so it's really hard for us to like the same stuff. What is he like? Wrestling and uh, sports. And I'm like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> what are those? And also he works. He's a chef, so he works crazy hours. So he's watching Suits 
now being like, have you watched this new show? And I'm like, no. Like, Meghan sorry, Markle. Yes. Yeah, like, everyone's yeah. watched that She's show. She's a princess now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's, he's a bit backwards with that sort of stuff. Uh, what else is good? Um, 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 Big Little Lies. Great, Big Little Lies. Did you like season two, though? I'm still getting into I'm still, like, two eps in. Okay, good. Tell me what you think later on. I will. I have thoughts. Yeah. And they're yeah. not all great. Uh, and I'm reading – I read a lot of true crime. I'm reading – I don't know what it's called. Oh, the, the, the something or other next door, something or other perfect family, something about a neighbour. It's about a guy – a husband and wife in the States who uh, – like left all their children in filth, like thirteen kids or twelve kids, and just filth, and chained them to the like the the doors and the yeah didn't take them to school and their escape and the the true crime story of that, which is really interesting. Do you like true crime Love typically? True crime. Wow, absolutely. One of my favorite books, and I recommend this book. It's called um, A Stolen Life by J C Lee Dugard. She was kidnapped oh, when she was wow. eight, yeah. and she always wanted to be a bestseller, and she was kidnapped and and <clears throat> had two children to her rapist, and uh, she's like. I don't know how old she is now, 36 or 37, and she wrote a New York Times bestseller and it's called A Stolen Life and it is unbelievable. Wow. It's the best. She does some amazing media work book. now. Like, seems like she, her life is relatively together when there must be so much going on in the background. Yeah. Oh, and Monster. Monster is about, this is, I love a kidnap story for some reason. Oh, because I love resilience. Like, I yeah. love that these people are survivors and they come out going, you know, I don't know, there's something in that to learn for all of us. Uh, Monster is about the, um, what's the family and he lived downstairs. Oh, my God. I know what you're talking about. Um, Joseph Fritzel, Fritzel. The Fritzel story. But it was written from, like, uh, detectives. So wow. it's really in-depth with the detective story and the FBI and how they found it all out. That type of stuff just creeps me out. I can't sleep after I know those kind yeah. of stories. Oh, and The Stranger Beside Me is a really good book as well. God, you, you just, like, Which is about swim in this stuff. I like reading. I like reading. Yeah. I think that's, like, funny for people because... I look like maybe my mum's librarian. I don't know the way I'm perceived is maybe sometimes different to who I who I am as well. What do you mean by that? People just see a little bit of of what I choose to present, but like like I'm gonna. <laughs> it's not interesting for me to be like, oh, here's some boring books I read. I don't know, and that people probably don't realize how intellectual you are. I'm so fucking smart. <laughs> I'm what so fucking fuck intellectual. <laughs> but is it more of that kind of like a hot mess thing where people kind of think you're probably just like, ah, oh, you know, things are easy and chill because that's the kind of videos that you pull out when there's yeah, a lot yeah. more depth there? Yeah, I think it's like a surprise attack. It's like, oh, there's this, but there's also this and this and this and this and this. And so I'm writing the second book. And the first one was predominantly like funny. But the second one, as I'm like learning and evolving and growing and maybe becoming less of a hot mess, although I'm not wearing a bra. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's really deep and it talks about like losing friends and the grieving the loss of family and uh, how it is to continue your life without somebody there, whether or not it be a friendship breakup or a death. And it's so different but it's just I feel like I'm just growing and, and changing and, and wanting to show more of myself the reason that I, I don't show everything is because I'm <laughs> I just don't want to get trolled on the internet because mm. I have been and I just don't want to be anymore mm. so the more evidence or stuff they have on me the more that they can attack me harder mm. and I just don't want people to feel like they know me to a point where they can do that. Also, people used to come to my house and stuff. So I, oh, my God. Mm. Well, we'll definitely get to that in a little bit. Do we want to start with what your childhood was like? What were you like as a kid? Uh, uh, the worst? I guess that's an annoying kid. I remember uh, my parents were paying attention to me one day, so I kidnapped my sister, which is probably where those kidnapping <gasps> books come in. <laughs> yeah, like I remember they weren't paying attention, so I was like, I'm taking my sister and I'm going to kidnap her. We're going to go away and you'll never get to see me again. 
And they found me like five minutes later because I got puffed <laughs> walking down the street. Relatable. <laughs> also, that was me doing City to Surf. Uh, but yeah, I always want to put on shows for my family and uh, entertain and, 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 and like charge people for the privilege of watching me do a part Plus. of your world 12 times. <laughs> like for no one, but, you know, your parents stick around. Um, yeah, I always like to entertain. I used to do a bit of stand-up for my parents. Obviously terrible. But, I, yeah, just the desire to entertain and make people laugh has, like, always been a running theme in my life. So was radio the thing that you thought, that's where I'm going to be able to channel a lot of that energy? Was radio the thing that you wanted to do? Like, what was it that you wanted to do with all of that? Radio was never my dream, but it turned out to be the best, best vessel. I just didn't really know about radio, I guess. I just always thought I'd be an actor. I was like, I'm going to be an actor. And then I tried to be an actor and failed. So, like, I think I went to 150 auditions and got none. Um and statistically, they say you should get one in 40. And I was like, gee, <laughs> my averages could <laughs> do with some improvement. <laughs> so bad. Um, so, yeah, I just wasn't getting anything. And then I was like, what can I do? And I was working as a dresser on Mary Poppins, literally like putting clothes on people. And one of the ensemble members was like, you should do radio. Because I was doing a bit of stand up. And I said, oh, I like, I like working in a team. And she goes, oh, you should do radio. And I, I just had never thought of it ever. And I was 26. And so I quit my job and quit Sydney and went and moved back to Newcastle with my parents and earned no money and volunteered at a radio station for three months and then got paid. But, like, I started on, like, 26K. Yeah. And then it sort of evolved from there. And now I very fortunately get to do a national show, but it's been a really long slog to get there, nine years. Lots of people would look at that trajectory and think it almost seems impossible. And I think so many people do try to get into something like radio or something like the media, but don't actually know how to line up each individual step and get to where they want to go. What was it for you? You've spoken before about the role that Jules Lund played in your career. What was that relationship for you? And how did that lead you to where you are now? And what are some of the other things that you think were really crucial to your success? Oh, I think people, yeah, people go, oh, I can't do that or it's really hard or da 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 And it's like no no one has – no one has a blueprint as to how to be successful or how to do what they want to do. And, like, I feel like I've done such a different path as well. But, like, you have to make that trail. Like, you, you know what I mean? So, like, a lot of it is, is, like, feeling the fear and doing it anyway. Mm. And, like, I'm so used to being out of my comfort zone. When I'm doing something normal, I feel strange. Like, I go to Coles and I'm like – it's not enough which I worry about for myself like I'm like my adrenaline is so like I'm like a junkie for adrenaline like anyway uh, yeah I think people and here's a great thing that I learned I, I saw it on the uh, like an F45 sign and it said uh, you either have results or excuses and you can't have both and I was like oh my god that's the best quote not about exercise because that's not for me but <laughs> that, that for my career is is has been everything you know sometimes I'll go oh I don't want to do that oh, I don't want to write that thing oh, I don't want to do that video and then I go Tanya you either have results or excuses and for every single person who asks me for advice in the media out of the media doing creative things I always say you either have results or excuses I'm anxious great that's an excuse yeah. I have anxiety. I'm on beta blockers. I'm on antidepressants. Like, I'm not saying, like, it's easy, but resilience is what makes people's careers. Like, the difference between me and anybody else is that I didn't give up. Mm. And when it was hard, I didn't give up. And every day it's still hard. Mm. You know, last week I wanted to quit. Like, I always want to quit. But the difference between somebody who quits and somebody who doesn't is the resilience and the ability to get back up. And mm. I think that is probably what has define my career and what will continue to define my career and what will define everybody else's career who who works sort of in this industry but um yeah I mean I'm young and you have Wait, how old are many you? years I'm 25 
You have many years on, on us, Good and on you, you have a lot of success. <laughs> I have many years on you. No, 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 but a lot of years of success on us. No. And I think what no. you've shown me in reading and doing research on you was that you do the one percenters, and you're consistent, and you make sure you go to the effort. And I think one of those examples was your email to Jules Lund. Can you talk our listeners through that email and why you actually reached out to him? Because I think it takes guts to go to someone in the industry like that and kind of take a chance. And it might have been a one in one hundred chance, right. but it's the one percenters, right? Uh, yeah, but you know, results are excuses. So. I sent this email to Jules Lund being like, hey, because I really want to be a presenter. Hey, um, just wondering if you would look at my presenting show reel, which was so bad. <laughs> I still have it on YouTube. I'll send it to you. It's like so Oh, my God, amazing. God, it's so bad. Uh, and I just said, hey, like I really uh, would love your opinion, like your feedback. I'd love to know how to get better, blah, 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 blah. Sorry, like if I've sent this and it's like inappropriate, but whatever. And then he sent me a, an email back and I was like, oh, it's going to be like, please don't contact me. <laughs> he said, hey, um, what's your number? Do you mind if I call you? And I was like, oh, he's going to yell at, like, fit, like he, he doesn't want to write it on paper that he's mad at me. Paper trails, eh? Yes. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. And so I was like, oh, my God, like, okay. So I gave him my number and he called and I was, like, shaking. I was in Toowoomba doing breakfast radio. And uh, I took the call and he was like, hey, Tanya. And I was like, okay, he's not mad. And so I walked out of the building and I just paced the back of the radio station. He talked to me for an hour and a half, like Oprah style. Like, he was like look, your presenting's not great, but who you are is interesting. So why don't you make two-minute videos, put them on Facebook, don't put them on YouTube, and make them really about you and the point of difference that you have. Don't be a presenter, be yourself. And I was like, oh, but I don't know. And he was like, you either do it or you don't. And I was like, see where I get this sort of attitude? Yeah. Well, not attitude, but it's just sort of like a... It's like a no bullshit kind of thing. Yes, but it's also like your bullshit will fucking drag you down. Totally. Don't listen to the voice in your head that says no and... And, you know, I've, I'd wanted to do that for years, YouTube. I'd wanted to do it like three or four years before I actually did it. But, yeah, I just had a voice in my head that told, told me I wasn't good enough. And then finally someone I'd idolised for years was saying, you should do it. And so I did it. And it was a video called The Difference Between 18 to 30. And I paid someone to film it. I got my makeup done for it. And it hit 1.2 million uh, views on Facebook in like a day, which was huge back then. <laughs> like that was 2015. But it's huge even now. Yeah, be, yeah now because yeah. the algorithm's changed that's, again. That's like yeah. doubly as big as if that yeah. happened but now. But I went from that's like crazy. nothing. Like I had like 3,000, you know, likes on my page and I went up to 25,000 from that video. And I, I sent Jules a screenshot and he goes, great, keep going. And it's that second message that I think is what really informed a lot of what I do it's like great keep going so I remember I did the makeup tutorial then I was like great keep going it's quite amazing that he gave you so much of his time because he didn't need to do that and it kind of speaks to how those voices of confidence at the very start are crucial like perhaps if that didn't happen who knows what would have happened I'm so intrigued by that first video that got like a million views in a day what was your thought process as it kind of exploded I was like not sure if it was real so I kept like checking I was like is this real like is this happening to me and like because I was I worked in regional radio all the regional radio announcers were like holy shit like this is really cool and yeah like everything uh, sort of yeah changed for me and then I got offered a job on Jules Lund's show at the time he did a show called uh, The Scoopler Show which was a national show with Emma Friedman and so they uh, I had to audition for it I wasn't given it I had to audition for it and um and then yeah then I got my job in Canberra and that was all based on sort of the traction that I'd gotten from that video so it was so great I saw Jules the other day 
And he was like, you're welcome. <laughs> this was me. But, you know, Jules has been a really great person as to educate me about the kind of person that I want to be. Like, I listen to people's air checks and, you know, I'll meet people who come up to me who want to work in the media and I always give them my time and I always give them my advice and um, give them my email and I'm like, if you need any help, like, whatever, you know, because uh, you just need somebody else sometimes just to give you a nudge, you know. Like, I don't talk to Jules every day or anything like that. Jules is... He's like a he's like a godlike figure. He is like the Oprah of the media industry, <laughs> yeah, he I feel really like. Is. Yeah. But he teaches me about the person that I want to be as well. And you know, there's other great people who've given me such great advice in this industry. Heidi Anderson from uh, 929 in Perth. She's a, a brilliant woman. Um, Chrissy Swan has given me insanely good advice and and just so many people have reached out and been like hey can I help you and instead of being like oh I'm a burden I'm like no I'll fucking take that advice and yeah so I always like to give that back as well as much as I can because I also have to have a boundary because I will give my energy to every single person ever (laughs) like ever (laughs) ever dangerous I think that's a skill in and of itself though to say you know what I'm going to take this and not feel bad about it and run with it rather than again make excuses for why you shouldn't steal somebody's time because people aren't going to offer if they're not going to be genuine about it yeah I want to ask you though about that time when everything kept going viral because they kind of there was a series of stuff that just kept blowing up Mm -hmm. after a few videos you must have thought okay none this can't be a fluke anymore like this has to be something that I'm on to was it very conscious from there about the gaps that you wanted to fill no, I was just like, this is fun. <laughs> and also I didn't have any friends in Canberra. So like a lot of the videos, this is so sad. But like I would do them so I could like hang out with people. <laughs> like, you know, I'd hang out with a hairdresser. I'd hang out with the nail lady or I'd hang out with the brow person. And it was just like an opportunity. Oh, that's so sad. It was literally an opportunity for t- to because it's so weird to be like hey I don't really have any friends can I hang out with you and they'd already had their group of friends but if you've got a reason to they were more likely to I don't know that's so embarrassing no it's not because one of the most searing videos (laughs) one of the most searing videos that you did and I think we were talking about this yesterday was one where you talked about how when the work week would end and you thought about the weekend that anxiety over weekend plans and I remember that went bananas as well because so many people feel the pressure to have really productive full weekends that are very social and that informed a segment we did on the podcast as well where we remembered that video you did and we did a whole segment to be like that is so a thing so you're clearly tapping into something that everyone's thinking and feeling can you even look at the creative process for a second how do these ideas come to you because I think to a viewer who might not work in the industry they don't really think about the process behind everything and the process behind things going viral but there is a lot of thought and there is a lot of strategy uh, strategy and everything that goes into what you do (laughs) how do you come up with these ideas do they just come naturally yes I know it sounds so weird and I've been trying to think about because I'm writing this book and I've been trying to think about uh, creative process and and how to be and continue to be creative and I was on a Facebook the other day I went to their Facebook creator day and they were talking about analytics and um measurements of views and and you've got to have three minutes to monetize and I was like this conversation is in my mind wrong we're talking about analytics we should be talking about creativity and and how to maintain creativity and how to like overcome creative blocks instead of talking about analytics because I don't make views of sort of videos for analytics or views I make them for on my heart Mm. and I think you've got two different types of creators in the world you make for analytics and that can be really effective but I make for from my soul like I know that sounds so dumb and it's Facebook or whatever but like I make it from like my heart yeah Yeah. it's like connection whenever I see one of your videos it's always women tagging their friends and I think that's so unique because I can't think of any other creators on Facebook where it's that 
comment section that is so alive with people showing yeah, it's each cool. other. It's cool. But yeah, like I guess my creative process is very genuinely um, I'm guided by my intuition. And, and I, I wish I could tell you that I had some, like, amazing, you know, whatever, like, this is how I think of ideas, or I go for a walk on the beach, or, <laughs> like, I'm really spiritual. Like, I don't, I don't, like, literally, I just look at things, and I've, it's practice as well. You know, you look around, you go, oh, that's interesting, and then you mention it to a friend, okay, there's, there's something in that. Or sometimes I just go, fuck it, I'll put this on the internet, and if it works, it does. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Like, I'm a bit fearless in that sense, whereas I don't really care what people think of me because... I've been through all of that, and you know, you get to, I'm 33 now, and I like I look like a mess today. My hair's everywhere, and da 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 da. But like, I kind of like that I'm like this. It's, I've just kind of come to a resolve with myself. I'm like, this is who I am, and there's more to me than the way I look and how I dress. Like, I've got a cool, creative brain, and that's really empowering. Mm. And 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 uh, as long as I can make creative stuff and feel inspired, then that's my highest value. Coming up on the show, Tanya talks about trolling and online bullying and her experience with both. But first, a word from today's sponsor. Do you think being observant is something that is consistent with most of the people in this industry? Because you seem to be very observant. I know, for someone who talks so much, I I really am observant. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm listening, I swear. Yeah. Can you believe? Okay. No, I think um, I'm such an existentialist. Like I love like what is the meaning of life? Why are we here? Blah, 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 blah. So I love like connecting with different kinds of people uh, for whatever reason. And I will find any excuse to talk to any type of person, truck driver, mother of 48, <laughs> someone who's been to jail, you know, like and I listen to their stories and what's always similar is their humanity. And so I like to make content that's for humans if that makes sense, not for anything other. Like I made this hairdresser video and I was like, oh my God, this is so niche for hairdressers. But so many people were like, oh, I've, I've been like that. I know someone like that. Mm. Like uh, humanity is the, the thing that we have in common and that's like the content that I like to create. But um, I am really observant. I love watching people at Coles. I love seeing the nuance in the way that they dress and why they dress that way and the difference between regional and metropolitan Australia, the difference between Vaucluse and Summerhill. All of those nuances make for really detailed characters and for really interesting ways of articulating those people. And that's what connects with people. And I remember Jules said to me in that conversation, he said, don't just go light, go deep into it. Like, don't just do the stereotypes, go deeper than that. And that depth is where you find that really intense connection. That's what makes people share when they go, oh, I know that exact type of person, mm. you know, Cheryl with the acrylic nails and the Christmas earrings and the I want to speak to the manager haircut, two-tone dye from the 90s, you know, divorced her husband, Trev has two kids, <laughs> you know, like yeah. all of those details like line up to create a person that we can really go, oh, I, I, ident- I know that person. That's so-and-so from work. That's so-and-so's mum. And I think... Yeah, that's the kind of content I want to make that's just really, like, alive and, yeah, relatable, I guess. Earlier this year, I think it was, you did an interview with a podcast called Raw Talks and you said this quote, which I found really interesting. You said, I went back on antidepressants because I felt extremely uncomfortable with success even though I'd been chasing it for a long time. Can you talk us through that? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, um, what was it about? I mean, it's it's a funny thing, chasing success for a really long time and then getting to the pinnacle, I guess, of success and thinking... I'm still not where I want to be. Like, I'm not... Yeah. My pinnacle is so 
like I'm definitely happy with where I am and I'm really like proud of myself and like proud of what I create but I also like know where I want to go but for a lot of people this would be the pinnacle yes so what was it about getting to a point where you were experiencing success where you thought this isn't at all what I thought it would look like uh yeah because you still have your own doubting mindset you think oh when I'm on tv I'm gonna be this person or when I do a national radio show I'm gonna be this person but you're still your own brain you know like when you go oh I'm going to Rome I'm going away I'm gonna find myself and then you're just yourself in Rome (laughs) it's like that like you're like I'm still my own self-doubting person but I'm just in a different place with more makeup on so I found that really difficult but the thing that brought me back was um the making making stuff like I like making stuff that's what makes me happy and I also think at that time when I said that I was feeling like maybe I should dress a certain way or look a certain way to be in the media and and I and now I just go nah (laughs) I'll, I'll just dress like me and I'll do me and I don't wear heels when I do like morning shows and like I wear makeup because I like it, but I don't wear it like daily. Like I don't know, you know. Like I thought I had to be a certain person and smell a certain way. <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but I always think of like successful people like that smell really nice, <laughs> and they wear witchery, and they like they always look like their linens ironed, and they yeah. Like I was like, I want to look like that. I want to be like that. That's what will happen when I'm successful. I'll become the lady in the witchery catalog, and I didn't. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh. Reminds me of that quote that we've spoken about before, and I wish I could remember who it was from, where it's like the higher you climb, the windier it gets, mm-hmm. where you kind of experience or you that self-doubt almost is heightened because there's so much more going on. Yes. Did you feel like that, that, your, that, that self-doubt got louder or not? Oh, absolutely. It's still really loud. I like still see a psych and I see a kinesiologist and like, you know, you name someone with a crystal, I'll be having a chat with them. <laughs> like self-development, self-help. Like I listen to so much Oprah. <laughs> you know, I've like got a full thing of memes on my phone just to ch- keep me in check. I talk to my friends a lot about it, you know. Um, but yeah, making stuff makes me happy and, and that's what I come back to every time. Just keep making stuff. What compels you to be open about your mental illness? Because I think lots of people struggle with it, but it takes a lot and a lot of bravery to then come out and say, you know what, I'm on antidepressants, I see a psychologist. What is it that makes you want to do that? Well, I just never thought of not talking about it. I don't have the shame that maybe some people do. I don't have that. I don't care. <laughs> like, And if it normalises it for somebody, then that's great. And I, I wish that people had been more honest in the media when I was growing up about um, these types of things because I thought I was alone. And so if somebody if – if I'm in a position where I can say and talk like this, then maybe somebody can hear that and feel less alone. I guess that's so much of what I want to create in life is to be like, hey, you think you do this weird thing? Everyone does it. We're all fucking weird. No one knows what they're doing. Everyone's got anxiety. So many people have a cousin who's got, you know, schizophrenia. Like, this is normal. This is life. It's hard and it's messy. And I know that we saw TV shows that presented it as different and there was, you know, women on talk shows with their legs together and fake tan and looking a certain way. And it's like, not every woman looks like that. We can have diversity in television. We can have diversity in the radio uh, world. And and we can be honest about the things that affect us and plague us because maybe that will help one person stay on this earth. You also said in an interview recently that every stand-up comedian is sad as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, straight to the point. (laughs) What is behind that? Because I think... I've heard this before and I want to know what's behind that. What is it about comedians as a group of people you where they want to make everyone else happy? Mm. You look at it and you're really just like you're like it's like a weird level of 
sort of like maybe oh, I don't know because you're digging for things maybe and then you just like dig so hard and yeah and also there's every every sort of comedy comes from truth I remember so I had a Gadsby show like at Edinburgh Fringe Festival like 2007 and she was flyering her own show on the streets and I fucking like because she was big in Australia but not as big you know overseas mm. and I was like I've got to go see this woman I love her so much we sat in the audience there was like nine people in this audience like really small like nine o'clock at night and she performed the shit out of this show, I might say. Like, nine people, she still gave it fucking everything. And I was like, I respect you so much. You've taught me a lesson, lady. Uh, but her first line was like, I've got depression, surprised. <laughs> and it was like, so true, you know? Like, and she's called it straight out and everyone laughs because it's like, fuck. <laughs> Same. <laughs> like, fuck, life can be really hard sometimes. I don't know. I just think the observational elements of comedy... Um, you know, it's it's like the the laughing or the sad clown. It sort of sits into that sort of space, I, I think. That's hard though, right? Because when you're a content creator, often your content and your personal experiences involve other people. Oh, man. Yeah, it's the worst. It's like, oh, I just want to say everything. Damn it. Is that a that. hard... I don't want to offend my mom. Is that a hard line though? Like with your boyfriend and stuff, is that a conversation you guys needed to have to be like, okay, this is content and this is not content? Mm-hmm. Do you guys have that? Yeah. I yeah. had it really early on in my relationship. I had an explosive argument with my boyfriend over something I wrote. And I did not get <laughs> oh, Zara. Remember shit. this? Do not utter a word. I'm watching you. Don't. Um, <laughs> oh, God. I'll send you the article. Okay, great. <laughs> That's going in the show notes too. I'm kidding. Mitch the, kill it's me. not going in the show notes. Okay. Mitch would die. But it was really hard because all my life I had been a blogger. And I'd always written about relationships and life and whatever. And then you get into a relationship with someone, you're like, oh, shit, this isn't just my story anymore. I know. I know. How did you go with your first book with that? Did you have to navigate that with people in your life? Did you have to show them the pages of the book before you printed it? You don't have to, but I think it's respectful. Like, Mm. I would want that if it was, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I had to show everyone every single page written about them. Um, sometimes I just took no- names out just in case. I just didn't want yeah, people to feel funny about it, plus you get sued. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. sometimes it's really annoying when you're like, God, that's a good story, but I can't share it. <laughs> but, yeah, like I chose it. I didn't choose it. Tom, is, Tom gets it now. At the beginning he was like, oh, don't talk about this. And I was like, oh, I can't be censored. I'm so sorry. Like I love you so much, but like I, I can't. And, and now he's fine with it. Like the stuff I talk about on the air and he, he's fine with it I know where the line is with him as well yeah. I can basically talk about anything he doesn't let me talk about his family but they're not that interesting <laughs> there you go no stories is that- <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. no it's a good way to be if, yeah. I, if I had people around me that made content I'd be like I want to be as sort of inoffensive and boring as possible so you can't take me apart because yeah. already it's already biased even if you don't intend it to be biased totally. I can now see that it's entirely through my own, own lens yeah but that's your experience and your truth as well which also matters so there's two sides to the coin what it's a like, round table it's like yeah yeah like egging each other on like quick throw people under the bus I did want to ask you though is having an audience and quite an influence what you thought it was going to be P.S. I feel like I do not have any influence at all I think you have incredible influence over a really invested audience do you think I'm Uh, overstating that yes a very based on our DMs every time we ask people who do you want to come on the podcast people have wanted you for so long oh well (laughs) this is a learning moment (laughs) this is a teaching moment um yeah, I don't know. I guess, uh, like I said, I, I think I'm a bit of a like a weird unit that just sort of makes stuff and just sort of lives in their own head and they don't leave the house a lot. And I don't know. I don't know. Like I find it weird to think that people even 
care that much about me. Like, I don't know. I don't think I'm particularly interesting. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I find it overwhelming sometimes. And uh, I, I did City to Surf yesterday and a bunch of people had my book ready for me to sign. And I was like, why? <laughs> like, yeah. I just don't rate myself that highly. Uh, I don't have a, a ego, I guess, which is good. Cool. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. it's hard at media events because I want to talk to everyone and I forget that other people have egos. I'm like, huh. <laughs> you all suck. Yeah, because <laughs> I just walk in real familiar. I'm like, hey. And everyone's like, well, not everyone, but some people aren't as sort of open. Yeah, their walls are up a bit Yeah, more. and I'm like, yeah, maybe I should be like that. I just don't know how any other way to be than just myself. So I just do that and then hope it works and then yeah. One element that does come with having an audience is potentially being trolled and you touched on this earlier in the episode. Mm-hmm. You wrote for Are You OK Day a few years ago, I was crying most days. I needed my family and my friends to ask if I was OK. I needed my boyfriend to have conversations with me. I needed to talk it through. I needed them to reach out. I needed to talk. My mum and dad were here a lot. I needed them. Without my mum and my boyfriend, I don't know if I would still be in this job. How has that level of scrutiny changed you? Ooh, resilience. And that sounds weird, but I'm kind of glad I went through it all. I'm not recommending it. I'm not condoning it. I think we need laws about it, to be completely honest, like really strict laws. And people go, oh, the internet's so new. Fuck it, it's been around 11 years. We have we have so many different laws for so many different things, and the internet and bullying take so many lives. Fuck if the, you know they they say like if there's a roundabout and people keep uh, dying, they put in traffic lights. So I think that it's time that our legal system puts in some fucking traffic lights and helps people. Mm. It is such a serious serious thing. And um, you know, I was 30 when I had a hate page about me, and I can't imagine what that would have been like if I had been 15. So for me, I learned. Uh, that I need to use my voice and platform and audience to talk about these kinds of things because, yeah, that's that's the best thing about having an audience is to use it wisely and not just be like, hey, buy my fucking skinny me tea. <laughs> Can you actually walk our listeners through some of the experiences you had with trolling and online bullying? Because I think until you have a platform, until you actually experience trolling, which we have only had the pleasure of this year, really, you don't understand what it can be like and what some of the messages can be like. But are you ever like, okay, so for me, because I worked on radio, I was like, it's a free platform. You can tune in and out. But like, there's only a few stations in Canberra. So like, I kind of understood. Whereas with a podcast, it's like, you so electively choose to listen to this. Mm. This does not have to be on your radar. (laughs) Right. So like, why are people trolling you guys? Like, that makes no sense. Like, I think some people just want to troll anyone they can. But but it goes, they have to go out of their way and listen to your thing. Mm. And like, what the hell? Get a line. (laughs) (laughs) But isn't that just the theme of trolling online in general? It's like, you can, even if you don't like a a certain influencer, you don't have to follow them. They don't have to be in your feed. They don't have to be your algorithm have either of you written something like bad on someone's instagram facebook never no that's because we're normal yeah (laughs) normal people don't do that i think so many times scrolling through people's shit i'm like this is fucking terrible (laughs) i hate this shit but the difference between those people and us is that we're like mature rational civilized people that don't need to bring other people down like you just go cool that's not for me next you don't need to tell them you don't need to tell them yeah i had a hate page about me which sucked because they were like 
from because you can see where people are from they're where they work and like I went to those places and I was like okay I can't go there so I felt really like attacked and a lot mm. of it was really violent like I'll choke you I'll do this I'll hit you over the head with a chair when my friends and I see you we're going to do this and Canberra's a small place so I felt very like oh physically like shit how did you find that hate page how did you come across oh, it because so that that arrogant. is like an actual sinking moment I think Girl, when you find I can remember where I was and everything it yeah. almost feels like to me that you've stumbled across a conversation that you were never supposed to read and it's between other people that are bitching about you and but they it, want you to read it yeah <laughs> how yeah. did you find it so uni lad oh. <laughs> asked me for like they wanted to like take one of my videos and they're like what's your page and so i had to like google like not google myself but write tanya hennessy to get the link to get the link mm. and when i wrote tanya hennessy it came up get tanya hennessy fired from hit 104.7 and i was like oh so i clicked on it and i was like whoa and it started on are you okay day that is awful. I'm so sorry. I know. Well, for me, I was like, why? If someone's like, and this is, that's where I went, you know, that's where I stepped over the line. Because I couldn't handle, not only that I went over the line talking about something really vulnerable and I was like so raw, um, then somebody started a page saying I should get fired and that I was crying like an idiot and da 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 da. And that's when I went, yeah, I stepped over the line because I can't handle what's coming back. Mm. But if you can handle what's coming back, then it's okay. But that time I couldn't. It was too much. And for, that, for for so many people to say they wanted to get me fired for trying to help people in a bad state, I just was like, I, ugh. Mm. And, you know, you're like, what's wrong with the world? Anyway. No, it's true, though, because sometimes you think that you put something out to the world that almost can't be criticised. Like, there's nothing that people could come back and be critical about that. But people do. Like, people find nitpickings and critiquing anything we have since found. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. hurts. Yeah. Do you think that the general public might trivialise the importance of online bullying and trolling because it's generally happening to public figures? Yeah. 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 And you can't ever write anything back because people are like, you should know better. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I remember this one woman wrote this thing being like, uh, like, go kill yourself, da-da-da-da-da, and then I looked at her page and she shared Dolly's dream and she was the 15-year-old who took her life. And I think you you, you can't... (laughs) You don't understand the thing that you're having so much compassion about and sharing and being like this poor young woman, you're doing it to me. Do you not identify this? Mm. Or is it because I'm a public figure it's different to you? But I'm not – I don't feel like a public figure. You don't feel any more protected. I don't feel – like I don't live some – I'm not like some rich – I'm not Kyle Sandland, some (laughs) povo cotton on Hennessy. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) this is – like I don't – I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. How do you cope with it? What's your coping mechanism? Because some people choose to then go into that person's DMs and talk it out and try and rationalise oh, with the trolls. I used to do that. Yeah. But I have had all this experience and I'm just like, RuPaul says, unless they're paying your bills, pay those bitches no mind. And I'm like, you're not paying my bills. Thanks, next. And I also think, like we were talking before, I'm like, it's kind of sad that you're like trolling me. I'm having a really great time. Like, like I'm probably still having a better day than you. Right. And I yeah. think, oh, that sucks that you feel that you need to tell me that and that I'm this and I'm that. And I'm just so happy. Like, I, I've spent a lot of years not happy and not liking myself. And I, I'm getting to a point where I'm starting to, like, really embrace who I am. And it's exciting and I'm happy for myself. And I'm, you know, so I'm like, that sucks that you feel that way. And, like, I <laughs> I wish you weren't feeling that way. But, yeah. And I just block it because I don't want to create an environment where people think that that language is okay. Not just for my page, but for any page. Mm. Yeah. For anyone to think that kind of rhetoric or dialogue is appropriate to write to anybody, especially for 
for, for vulnerable people, teenagers and stuff. This year, I think it was, I read that you were meant to go on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, but had to pull out. Is that right? Mm. I'm so in, interested in the decision to go on reality TV in 2019 and the thought process that clearly would have gone in that for you. Thinking, well, there wasn't a lot of thought Really? Process. What was it for you? Were you thinking, I have a really strong online audience, I wouldn't mind extending that to the mainstream? Were you thinking, this would just be a really fun experience? Like, it, there's so much we know about reality TV now. Right. I'm so interested in why you were keen to do it. Well... I got a call really late. I think someone pulled out and they were like, we need someone cheap. And I was like, I'm cheap. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then I, I, I had like two days and they were like, they need to do your psych test and we need to do this. And it was right before Christmas. It was like the 22nd of January. They're like, you need to try this on and wardrobe. And uh, my pop had just died and he was like everything. And I was like, I don't want to. I don't think I can be in this jungle sad. Yeah. I don't want to do it if I'm not going to be in the best state of mind to present myself to the world. Uh, so I didn't really have a thought process. I just thought, oh, that'd be fun. That'd be random. I love an experience and I like feeling things. Like I did City to Surf, like, because it's challenging and it's different. Like, that's what I'm saying about adrenaline junkie. I just want to feel different things. Like, I'm going to Dubai next week. Like, just because my friend lives there. That's I am true. interested. If you weren't in radio and if you weren't writing books and doing all of the many things that you're doing, including a show right now. Too many pies, too many fingers. Lots of pies. <laughs> what would you be doing? This is it. This is um, If I wasn't doing this, I'd be trying to do this because mm-hmm. I feel like um, when you're creative, it's like everything inside you just wants to make and create and tell and do. And um, if, I, if I wasn't doing this, I'd be working at a coffee shop trying to do it and, and, and making YouTube videos or just trying to get my shit out there, just trying to get seen, trying to get someone to hear what I have to say. I can't tell you how much I love that. It's what a lot of people need to hear but probably don't do. Like you just need to start no matter how uncomfortable you feel. You just need to start. Start Start now. What does success look like to you with all of that in mind? I thought success would be like money. (laughs) Like being in a house with a waiter, like a topless waiter and two (laughs) cigarettes at all Uh times and like a tiger. I don't know. (laughs) Kylie Are you stuck in the hangover or something? I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The hangover, that's success. Mike Tyson. (laughs) Face tattoo. One tooth. Um, uh, You know, success for ages, I couldn't figure out what it was and I had to redefine it multiple times for myself and I've redefined it to this point or whatever day it is. What's the date? I'll say the record date. It's the 12th of August, uh, 2019 at... 2.39 2.39 because I would like to give myself and anyone else permission to change that <laughs> and how it looks for you. But success for me right now looks like uh, joy and happiness from making stuff that means things and means stuff to me and using my voice for for positive change and, and using my voice to tell the stories that I feel like I have to tell. Like I'm just following the calling and just doing what feels authentic and organic to me and, and that's what success looks like and I don't care if I live in a shell or a, if I'm homeless I will still create and being creative is everything to me Every, like everything I, I once heard this poet who said uh, that if she had nothing and she was in a jail cell and it was, it was dusty she would use her wet tongue to paint and I thought that's me if I had nothing I would still find a way to create art because that's yeah, they say that the opposite of war is isn't peace; it's creation, and I agree with that. We have to keep creating to keep evolving. And if I can create, then that's success to me. Well, Tanya, we certainly hope you keep creating because we love what you put out into the world. So, thank you for coming on to Shameless. We are so so grateful, and we think oh, you're incredible. Pleasure. Yeah, we really do. 
Thank you so much for listening to this In Conversation episode of Shameless with Tanya Hennessy. For more from Tanya, you can find her on Instagram at Tanya Hennessy. If you're interested in attending her Low Expectations tour alongside Christian Hull, head to www.frontiercomedy.com slash Hull and Hennessy. As for us, we, as always, are at Shameless Podcast. Thank you so much, guys. We will be back in your ears on Monday. Hello guys, Mish here. I am the co-founder of Shameless Media. Thank you so much for giving us your ears and your mind and your time. We're so grateful. If you enjoy the stuff that we produce, may I recommend our brand new podcast, Style-ish. Style-ish, if you want to say it quickly. Style-ish, if you want to take the long way through. It is our podcast for all things fashion, brand, business, and beauty. If that is in your wheelhouse. If you care about style content, you will love this show. It is, of course, more than just a show as well. It is a newsletter. It is an Instagram feed. It is a TikTok account. There is so much good stuff going out on Stylish every single day starting now. So in your favorite app, search for Style-ish. Give it a listen. Give it a follow. We are an independent media company and we would be so, so grateful for all your support. That's all for me, guys. Check out Stylish and have a good one.